sure if they're witches, but you know that's implied. That the storytelling, ego swelling, pillow talking, moonlight walking, sea hags. Welcome to the Sea Hags Podcast. I am Chris Sheffa. And I'm Katie Nordgren. Nobody with us today. Yep, just us. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. I think that you and I. I don't know what to go base. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the worst member of this barbershop quartet. <laughs> where there are two members. Yeah, we're already pretty shitty barbershop quartet because there's only two of us. Yeah, it's like 50%. Barbershop duet. It's not as good. It's just the bass and the soprano and nothing in the middle. <laughs> it just sounds like shit. We just sing in unison constantly. <laughs> Just octaves apart, like an ocean apart. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, it's just the two of us snuggling up in the sea shanty shack, mm-hmm. uh, catching up. We've been away and apart for the holidays. This We've is going to come wrenched out, apart by circumstances. This is going to come out right after New Year's, so mm-hmm. we hope that everyone had a wonderful New Year's Eve. Indeed. Whatever it is that you like to do the best. Hopefully you were at our party. Yeah, we're having a party. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> really looking and if you're to. listening to this, it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, won't it be bad if it was like something catastrophic happens? We're like, this is going to be so good. And well, it's like, that is the worry about every single fucking podcast we do, Katie. <laughs> Something really bad might happen. And oh, then... no. And then we might seem, like, weirdly prescient or mm-hmm. anti-prescient. Yeah, or just insensitive. So <laughs> yeah. everyone knows that we do these in advance. I <laughs> would hope so. I don't clear. think they're listening to it live. Yeah. Just, just, just off the cuff, you know? Just yeah. right off of that thing. We just have a group of people sitting outside the studio with their little, like, ham radios tuning in. Ah, uh, ham radio. I guess at that point it's a broadcast. Yeah. That's the difference. <laughs> do we just invent broadcasting for a second time? <laughs> Why do we keep coming back to this? I saw this tweet where the guy accidentally invented slavery. Did you see that? Oh, no. It's like he basically was talking about, like, the economy somehow and, like, oh, how automation is going to kill jobs or whatever, right? Okay. So then it's like, well, then, you know, we're going to need some people to do jobs. So maybe, like, we could instill, like, a job draft or something like that where people, like, had to... And then someone's like, dude, you just invented slavery. He was like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, trust me, you don't have a new idea in that regard. <laughs> Hang on, I'm going to fix it so that capitalism works somehow. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I saw another thing on the internet. So I've been on the computer a lot because I was at family Christmas. <laughs> and... uh it was like a cartoon of a guy being like, okay, so we can give you a job that'll feed your kids now, but it'll kill your kids later. Um, but if you don't take the job, like, you'll starve. So pick. And, like, the person's like, how much later will it kill them? <laughs> and that's capitalism. That's basically Kinder Morgan. Like. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, nobody has any doubts about our political affiliations. Yeah, I know. Ugh. I just, you know, coming back into January, it's going to be kind of a wild ride because the provincial election will be in May. Uh, well, April, actually, the campaign period. So I'm going to be ramping up for political action. So I'm going to be super insufferable for three months. Oh, my God. You're just gonna, we, we won't be able to hear you over the clatter of buttons on your lapel. <laughs> It'll just be like... <laughs> that's what it sounds like. That sounded like me. I was, like, I was making out with a jellyfish. That honestly. like Dr. Zoidberg. <laughs> <laughs> Why not Zoidberg, though? Mm. Why not? Why not? Zoidberg for president, No, Zoidberg for premier, 2016. What party would he represent, do you think? Under the sea party? The green algae party? The end deep 
pee. It's okay, like that was the best underwater. one, and I hate it so much. Okay, <laughs> okay. perfect. That, that's done. We're done with that segment now. <laughs> we're calling this episode Cozy Cast, colon, winter chill. Mm-hmm. We're going to be in PJs, which we basically are. I mean, I'm wearing my chillest workout pants and a Wild Stallions t-shirt, so. Mm-hmm. The most excellent band to ever come out of San Dimas, California. <laughs> yes, and I'm in leggings as pants, so suck it. <laughs> well, it's very standard for us, then. Yeah. This is a pretty usual podcasting uniform. I yeah. could sleep in it, so it counts as pajamas. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's how it do. I did kind of nap in this earlier today. <laughs> well, so yeah, it definitely counts. And we both went out for for pho, which mm-hmm. we will pronounce correctly, because mm. we're snotty. Yep. Uh, now we're full of noodley soup and kind of ready for a nap a little yeah. bit. But instead, we have to do this and then rehearse your set for New Year's, so you better channel your punk rock energy. I gotta be on that, on that, on that hustle. Mm-hmm. Even though it will probably kill me in my sixties. <laughs> yeah. So we've lost a lot of amazing people in the last couple of days. It's I kind of there's been so many memorializations of people like George Michael and Carrie Fisher, and then her mom mm-hmm. Debbie Reynolds the next day, and like so many back to back that all these like really super cool literal people are just like you know it's not the year that's killing people you know that people die all the time blah 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 it's like well some fucking really awesome cool people died so like exactly let us have this i was getting my hair done earlier today i don't know if you can hear the difference but i think you can um uh and my my stylist was just like i don't like care i don't i don't know why people get so bent out of shape about that but then again i don't get really sad when people i know die i'm like oh you might be a sociopath (laughs) my sweet sweet darling (laughs) Um, but yeah, I didn't really fight back on it. Cause I mean, it's, it is a large expenditure of energy. So I can understand why people are disdainful about people who sort of like outwardly mourn celebrities, but also like, I think the reason that I'm sort of blase about it right now is just because I got the worst hit in January of mm-hmm. this year. And then just everything after that has been like, well, why not? Yeah. <laughs> it's that, that post that's going around. It's like David Bowie is like populating a secret alternative universe. <laughs> I really like that. Or that he was the glue holding the universe together or something like that. But the, the idea that he's like, all right, come to the side now. And I don't know just, what accent that he's was. He's just like handpicking all the best people. <laughs> To go over. Yeah, and he's like, whoop, Nancy Reagan, whoops, let's toss her down there. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy Reagan's in hell. Good. <laughs> Good. She was very awful. She's a pretty bad lady. Uh, I guess no one technically deserves that or whatever. Let's have some compassion. Well, I don't really believe it's a real place, so I'll put her there. <laughs> Great, metaphorically speaking. Yeah, hopefully she's just like looking out a window somewhere and thinking about all the wrong things she's done. Yeah, sit in a corner and think about what you've done, Nancy yeah. Reagan. <laughs> yeah, naughty little Nancy Reagan. Oh, that's verging on <laughs> sexy. Yeah. Ah, oh, dang it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to kink shame you, Chris. <laughs> Can't be horny for dead first ladies. No. Only alive ones. What about Eleanor Roosevelt? Oh, well, that doesn't count because she's a huge lesbian, so it's okay. <laughs> I can be horny for her as much as I want. You can be horny for any historical lesbian. That's the rule. Okay, great. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> but we were saying that, like, George Michael and Carrie Fisher both are incredible role models just in terms of the way that they live their lives so unapologetically. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, they were just like two days, they died two days apart, right? George Michael on Christmas and Carrie Fisher on the 27th. Mm-hmm. Like she'd already had a heart attack, but uh, it, it wasn't me who pointed out that they were both very unapologetic. I saw a different post, but, um, and we were just talking about people who, a man who lived his queerness in an unacceptable time, very unapologetically, very mm-hmm. outwardly. And then, you know, Carrie Fisher, who is very open about having bipolar disorder mm-hmm. and, and depression and all that kind of addiction. And to live out loud with that is really big deal stuff and hard for a lot of people. And a lot of people just sort of hide in their own shame. And neither of them ever did that. And I think that was a really 
admirable thing uh, and something that is not valued enough mm-hmm. in our society. So, And I just, I hope that there's more people like them. Like, it just feels like these people were sort of beacons of that kind of yeah. lifestyle and that kind of attitude. Yeah. And it just doesn't, I don't feel like there's a lot of people that are contemporaries that sure. are doing that as much. And I just hope that yeah. more people do. So I guess we have to create a world that's safe enough for people to do that. Definitely. I get, of. I get, my back goes up a bit when people say alternative lifestyles oh, or yeah. anything like that. But it, I mean... It's hard to sort of codify it any other way because mm-hmm. it is living against the mainstream to be uh, not only to be gay, but to be the kind of gay that is not socially acceptable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's he did not engage with respectability politics. His coming out was spurned by like s- pu- seeking public sex in a bathroom, yeah. basically. And, and then he was just like, not sorry at all. He's like, yeah, I feel like I probably did this on purpose since we were right across the street from like the... Ritz Carlton or whatever it is down in, in or the Hollywood Hills or something. I mm. can't remember, but it was like right in the middle of like Tinseltown essentially that he did it. So, or got caught for it. So it sucks that that happened, but he was like, yeah, this is probably appropriate. And for he old was saying Georgia. like, this is part of my culture. Yeah. Cruising is part of like, yeah. And, and anybody who gets involved in respectability politics will be like, well, public parks, you know, need to be safe for children and you don't do those things there. It's like, well, you know, public is all mm-hmm. people who live as part of the public. It, it's not just things that you've determined are sanitary or acceptable mm-hmm. or morally OK. Like, ultimately, what I think we should be reminded of when we see people like George Michael and Carrie Fisher passing away, probably partly because of having been drug addicts at mm-hmm. some points in their lives and engaging in risky behavior. The thing is, like, the important thing is to help keep people alive and keep people having a good quality of life. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, harm reduction measures are really important, but also just acknowledging and accepting that people cannot be shamed into a certain standard of behavior because the standard of behavior is very subjective. Yeah, isn't that true? And, like, all the research that I did around, like, weight bias for my thesis mm-hmm. where it was, like, shaming somebody to change their behavior just makes them more stressed and more... Sick. More sick. Yeah. No matter what. So I think that applies to, like, every single... thing that people try to change people's behavior like you have to wait for people to change on their own Mm -hmm. you have to let them know that they're valued and loved and treat them with respect and stuff and then maybe they'll make some changes if necessary or not and then who fucking cares like it's actually none of anyone else's business well it's so true and i i I understand why people really are sort of moralizing and and pushing back against sort of uh abject behavior whatever Mm -hmm. i'm doing very hardcore air quotes right now i really do get why people want things to be sanitized, why want people want anything public to be accessible and okay for absolutely anybody, like which means the sort of youngest common denominator, mm-hmm. right? Or the most innocent or mm-hmm. something like that. I get why people want to preserve that. The thing is, like, the world creeps in. No matter how innocent your parents think you are, you know, you're you're observing how the world works and how the people who shape your own small world, you know, your parents, your siblings, your grandparents, your immediate community, how they react to the people who don't fit in the mold. And if, like, that little kid has feelings that maybe don't fit in with those norms and, and, and mores, that they're seeing the response, like, in the media to, like, how parents reacted when Ellen came out or how right. when George Michael's thing happened. Like, oh, well, you know, it's just a, a child could have been there. He's a pervert. I'm like, he doesn't want to have sex with a kid. Like, he wants to have sex with a man. Mm-hmm. And he wants it to be fun and dirty. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. 
And you know what? Like, because he likes those things doesn't mean that he would, like, deserve to get AIDS or something like that. And yeah. if he did, we should still treat him as exactly the same as we would treat a child who got it through their mother's breast milk or from a transfusion or something mm-hmm. like that. You know? I almost got a blood transfusion when I was born in 1985. Oh, wow. That was during the time of tainted blood. Like, could have happened to me. Hmm. I wouldn't have deserved it, but neither does somebody who likes to get rod in a fucking gas station bathroom. Like, <laughs> nobody deserves to be hurt because they like to engage in risky behavior, and yeah. I think it's important that we make risky things more safe. Yeah. Great. Ding. That's it. it. That's all I have to say. And it's the same thing with mental mental wellness. You know, there's this idea that if we don't ask people to toughen up, that they will just fall the fuck apart. Oh, God. And it's not true. Yeah. It's not true. I think if we, you know, let Carrie Fisher bring her weird derpy dog with her everywhere she goes, right? Like, that was a good thing that made the last few years of her life really awesome, I Mm -hmm. think, to have Gary Fisher with her everywhere. Like, that's... Make accommodations for people. Understand that not everybody fits a mold, you know, and they are there. They were they reminded us of that, and that's important. That's all. I think I think it's really important to, like, what you're saying about kids, like... Whenever oh how am I going to talk to my kids about this? They're awful already listening. Thing. It's like yeah they they know about it. They probably can explain it better than you can with mm-hmm. a lot more like simple compassion, right? Like yeah. you try to explain like queer lifestyle or like transgender issues or anything to mm-hmm. a kid. Usually they're just like oh okay and they just accept it and they are fine. Yeah. Like oh they love this person or oh they feel like this and they want to do that. Like yeah. yeah. They're fine. They're fine. They're fine. It's you. That is the problem. It's all of the reactions and the weight you put on things. Yeah, and, like, letting kids sort of develop that resiliency to be able to roll with whatever comes at them is, like, super important. So I think sheltering children is really harmful. I do. Because then they just aren't, like, equipped to deal with bad things that come to them. Like, for example, like, a young man that gets rejected by a woman if he's been sheltered forever and just kind of... Coddled coddled or like just doesn't so I guess coddling and toughening up like that's I know I just like to use the alt-rights language at them (laughs) um but like so yeah it's not about telling your kid to toughen up but to tell them like okay so that happened how are you gonna cope with it I tried to do that with one of Ed's nephews like he was just like I'm cold and I'm like we're at an outdoor skating rink (laughs) (laughs) we're at an outdoor skating rink and he was cold so I'm just like well I will help you with take your skates off but, like, we're not going home right away. Everyone else wants to stay. And he's like, but I want to go home. Like, okay, but we're staying. So that's happening. How how do you want to deal with this? I'm like, we could go sit in the car, but I don't want to go sit in the car. So, like, do you want to go take a walk with me or do you want to do this? He's like, well, I don't know, I don't know. And so eventually I was just, like, got him into, like, how are you going to cope with the next five minutes? Like, okay, we're going to do jumping jacks together. Okay, how are you going to cope with the next five minutes? Okay, we're going to run around. <laughs> oh, man. And then everyone got to stay and skate, and he and I just went and played, and it was That's cute. Good. But, like, that kind of resiliency where it's like, this is happening, yeah. so how are you going to react to it? How are you going to deal with it? Yeah. Are you going to melt down, or are you going to try to deal with it? Oh, yeah. And it doesn't mean, oh, toughen up and don't cry. It's yeah, like, no, maybe no, no, totally. Crying is how you cope with the thing, and it makes you feel better. That's sure. fine. Well, I think but... the, the melting down thing is, it's like, oh, well, you know, she always melts down when we go out in public and do this thing. It's like, well... She might not always, you know, mm-hmm. like it's it's not like she's not learning something from this meltdown. Like yeah. there are ways to it, you haven't lost when the meltdown starts. I mm-hmm. think like I'm not this, I'm not being pedantic to parents. It's yeah. not what I'm trying to do is say like, well, you got to just dredge up that patience no matter what you do. It's just like every experience is a learning experience. Yeah. Right. So I think it's really important to be able to kind of step outside of them and be like, what is this? What is this moment giving you? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you feeling? What are you going to do? 
what would you do if this happened again? Exactly. You know? and, and I, I think, think that to, built a lot of resilience for me now. Like, it's all kicking in now, mm-hmm. which is really kind of fun to feel and see. Yeah. So. We were talking about, like, friend zone stuff a little while ago and talking mm-hmm. about that resiliency where it's like, it's just really shitty when somebody builds up this whole sort of false reality of, like, you will make this huge difference in their life and you'll change mm-hmm. everything and yep. you're the missing piece, blah, blah, blah. And then if you reject that person, their whole life falls apart. Right. Like, I just think that's so unhealthy for somebody to put so much stake in something that's not real, Yeah, I guess, and just not be able to deal with the fallout. To be like, your life isn't over. Like, you're still alive. You just aren't with that person. Yeah. That's... It hurts, but, yeah. like, you'll get through it kind of thing, and... Just some people get so shattered by that stuff. It's really hard. Like, and so I'm just so such a proponent of like resiliency. <laughs> like, yeah. How are you going to get through this? How are you going to get through this? And the, I know we were talking about it on a previous on the previous episode that came out. Maybe we talked. We just briefly joked about the friend zone, basically. Mm. But like, I we both had occasion to think and talk about it a bit more via our regular means of communication, GChat, <laughs> and uh, my preferred method of communication with all human beings. Except for but, when we have to sit and look at each other. Oh, no, it's, it's good. I like <laughs> it. <laughs> you got your a nice face. Your hair looks great. Thanks. Your yours does, too. Yay. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> what were we even talking about? Friend zone. Friend zone, right. Because, uh, like, I know that I've been in that situation before where I did maybe like somebody a bit more as a friend, or more than a friend, but but I pick up on social cues really easily more than probably the average person can. So I'm like, okay, this person does not want to be with me romantically. I take a hint mm-hmm. and I just roll with it. Cause I, not since I was a child, really have I, have I actually built up a life with somebody outside of my mind mm-hmm. or inside of my mind, I guess. Uh, I definitely did it when I was a little kid. And here's a really weird thing is I ran into the guy that I had a crush on from kindergarten to grade seven. Oh my goodness. That's he... a long time to have a crush. Well, yeah, he was super cute. I'll just say his name right now. It's Jeff Bark. He, I went to elementary school with him, and uh, he has worked a number of like higher level security jobs. And like, uh, I think he's working for the TransLink people right now. And he like just popped in on a train. He's like, Katie, how the heck are you? I was like, Ugh, I hope I run into you when I'm not about to leave a platform. You know, because I was, I, it was just so interesting. Like, oh my god, I loved you for like eight years when I was like eight years old. Is he still cute? He's still pretty cute. Yeah. He's still pretty cute. <laughs> nice. He rocks that sort of shaved head, sort of like big boy thing, you know? <laughs> he's just sort of like, a, he's, a be- he's a beefy boy. <laughs> he was really nice. He was, that was why I liked him. He, nice. he was just a nice... He was the only guy at my elementary school who didn't make fun of me. Oh, bless. And we were friends and we hung out and like it was it was me and Jeff and Bex and oh, we yeah. would just like be dirtbags in our flannel and listen to Nirvana and stuff. So pretty no good. effects. I like it. It was pretty chill. It was a good fun time. So but yeah, um, but you knew that he didn't have the romance vibes and you just Yeah, and I mean like, I was fine. a bit of a creep about it. Like but I wasn't I, I didn't like stare at him and demand he like be my boyfriend or something like that. I think one time I wrote like KN plus JB on my leg in highlighter that I saw and then used playground gravel to scrub off of my leg so he didn't see it but he might have seen it he definitely knew I liked him (laughs) was not hard to tell but like I've definitely also been on the receiving end of people really inflating um not even an imaginary relationship with me but just like blowing up the idea of like the the beginnings of a relationship Mm. that could have started and then I was like, ah! and scared and ran away. <laughs> yeah, no like, kidding. That's an the, intensity. Yeah, you get the stage five clinger. It's really frightening. 
Uh, cause then you, but then you like create a fantasy of being murdered pretty much when you see that. Yeah. But like, I guess what you and I were talking about was kind of, uh, just be developing resiliency about rejection and yes. being okay with a knowing what you want and b articulating what you want to somebody and being totally willing to hear no and move along with grace. Yeah. That's the most, there's how you get out of the friend zone. Basically. That's how you d- cease it to exist. Those three things. That's yeah. all you need. I love it. I just want more people to feel okay saying yes. I want people to feel more okay saying no and hearing those things. Like, it's so important to just, like, state stuff and name it and articulate it. And, like, we're also talking about, like, building a life for yourself that's really interesting. Yep. And not necessarily hinging it on somebody else. Yeah. And that's very attractive. Yeah. Somebody's got their own thing going, who's got a passion, who's, like, Mm -hmm. involved in something that builds them as a person is so attractive. Yeah. So then, like, you build a life of your own interests and your own direction and your own motivation. Like, this is very, like, you know, the secret a little bit where it's, like, manifest. But that's all, like, magic yeah. and all everything where it's, like, just do a thing Take and do it with Take some control of your life and mean what you do. Yeah, so we're in, we're in Capricorn season. It's Capricorn in the new moon. So I'm just, like, encouraging everybody to just, like, make a plan. Do the plan. Do the plan. Like, get some get some shit in a row and just execute your plan. Get some shit, put the shit in a box, <laughs> then you got a box of shit. <laughs> I don't know. Something from Rick and Morty that I haven't seen. <laughs> yeah. But, like, that's going to be super attractive because then you're going to meet all kinds of interesting people along the way while you're also pursuing this super fun thing that you oh, want to yeah. do. Yeah. Like, double plus bonus because then you don't have to, like, you can still do online dating and stuff in the meantime, but it's like you're going to meet so many more interesting oh, people, yeah. like along your path mm-hmm. and they're going to be better like partners for you sure than yeah, like totally. artificially trying to like ram in some kind of intimacy that doesn't exist oh gosh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, I totally i get <laughs> fixating on people like it's mm-hmm. it's really fun to love somebody mm-hmm. and to like love the fantasy of somebody it feels so good to fantasize and it's it's really important to try to figure out what the right balance is of fantasy and reality because if you get too engaged with the fantasy, if you don't engage with real life enough, like if life is scary and you build up, uh, um, you, you habituate your avoidance of, oh. of uncomfortable and scary things, that's when you end up just like, well, I've got like a level 9,000 bar- bar- barbarian uh, and I can grind really hard with my guild and wow or whatever, which like, hey, if that's the thing you like doing and all your friends like doing it and you like hang out and you talk about it fucking great but Mm -hmm. if you were just so solitary and that's all you do you go you work at the GameStop, you come home at the end of the day you play the game you're like why doesn't anybody like me it's like because you're not interesting yeah because you've gotten into this life of uh self-soothing and avoiding anything that doesn't feel good and now you're bored Mm. and you're resentful and you're bitter and you don't know why you feel like it's just like people purposely have been ignoring you no you've been ignoring you Ooh, I like that. Ding, ding, fucking ding. Yeah. I know a few folks, I I used to work with some people like that, where it was very much like, you're your own self-fulfilling prophecy. They go in with like, oh, nobody likes me. So then they just... But nobody likes you. They just act like a jerk, so then no one likes them. So they like pre-reject everybody else so that they don't have to get rejected. Yeah. It's like you have to feel comfortable with... Yeah, hearing no and getting rejected because that's going to happen. Like, that happens to everybody. So who is talking about... Oh, yeah. Just uh, you have to feel comfortable with feeling uncomfortable, yeah. I guess. And, and that's, so that's very hard. It's so and, much easier said than done. And that's a Carrie Fisher thing, too, where she like that's one of her pieces of advice. Like once I learned that, like, not everything I have to do has to feel good or comfortable. Yeah. It was so much more freeing. Oh, my God. Because yeah. then I could just do things. And even though they didn't feel great, 
you still just push through and like do the thing. Absolutely. And I, I want to like, as I'm, as I'm getting to it, I'm sort of wanting to clarify, like this is not advice for somebody who mm-hmm. is n- not in like semi-decent mental health, oh, like, yeah. right. As somebody who doesn't have like anybody who's, you know, suicidal or who's just dealing oh, with terrible, terrible, sure. g- like generalized anxiety disorder or whatever. Like these are, these are little pearls of wisdom for when you're already on the upswing kind mm-hmm. of thing. When you're, when you're ready to challenge yourself. Cause there are times where you just do need to self-soothe, but you also need to recognize, am I in a rut because I'm in a rut or am I in a rut because things are really wrong and I need to deal with something like medically. Or... Yeah. And so then feeling comfortable asking for help and yeah. Yeah. Know, involving. I mean, if you're a, too isolated, that's awful. It's yeah. such a baby steps thing. Like I've with, with comedy, I've had to really just sort of, um, put it up top that I'm fine with being rejected when mm-hmm. I approach people for spots and stuff. It's like, you know what? Like, don't worry about fitting me in. If you got space, great. Here's my stuff. If not, not a problem. I'll get you next time. Kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like make it easy for people to reject me. Like make it, make that, make it known that it will not be unpleasant for someone if they reject me. If it's like, I will be totally cool. Just like, let's communicate honestly. Like, do you want me to be on this show? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's made it very e- much easier for me to communicate interpersonally with like friends and lovers type situations, mm-hmm. uh, family. Like I, I, I take things much less personally, even within the last year has made a huge difference. So that's awesome. Just having to put myself out there and realizing like, I got to get along with everybody, even if I don't like them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll have like an unpleasant conversation with somebody where I'm like, well, I feel like maybe we don't like each other now and realize that I still have to see them all the time. So I'm just going to figure out a way to be civil and polite. Mm-hmm. And so far I'm working very well. Great. It's like, sometimes it is uncomfortable. Sometimes you have to watch somebody eat shit on stage that you love. Um, and it's it hurts to watch people in pain, mm-hmm. but it's like, just just keep going. Like it's not being uncomfortable, being upset is not. The it end shouldn't of the world. stop you. Again, not advice for somebody who's got like very bad social anxiety who can't like mediate, you know. But it's like if you can push yourself, push push yourself a little, mm-hmm. and eventually it gets so much easier. Yeah, yeah, I love it's just it. A little bit at a time, right? Like develop resiliency. That's how you develop it. Is just very slowly. Yeah, and, like, over time seeing that, like, oh, I did the thing and I didn't die. Like, that's great. Yeah. Okay, so maybe I could do that thing again. It's so sweet when you don't die, like, yeah. which is most of the time. Yeah. It's pretty cool, yeah. actually. Yeah, and, I mean, like, shame and embarrassment. I, I find that if I just confront it, like, in, in previous times, if I've said or done something that I've been embarrassed about, that I'm like, well, I need to get out the next day and see all these people again immediately and not build it up and let it be this big, huge thing. Mm-hmm. So when I do finally come back, then I'm like, I'm sorry I haven't been here. Whatever. It's just like, it's just, people forget about things so quickly. Totally. So it's and, like, be nice. And to name, like, if there's something that's shameful, like, to actually just say it out loud to people and tell yeah. people about it, like... I used to keep a lot more secrets than I do. Oh, yeah. You, know? you totally used to. Yeah. Yeah. And now you really don't. Yeah. Which so is super cool. I'm, I'm doing a lot better with that where it's like, and I used to tell a lot of like weird half truths and stuff like that where it'd be like, I can't really tell you what happened. Like, and just kind of trying to keep things like a little more walls up, you know, sure. and I'm just trying to be like, well, I'm not ashamed of that anymore. I just need to say mm-hmm. whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah. Hey, I actually don't like that thing. And I'm, you know, whatever. So I don't have to <laughs> pretend to. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's been it's been a good you know we said at the beginning of the year pouring the tea, spilling some truth. Um, <laughs> we said it earlier at the beginning of the year. Would you like some? Tea? I would like some tea. Thank Pray. you. That it was going to be a growth year. Mm. Oh, I took all the tea. I'll That's give you fine. some of mine. No, no, it's all good. Um, and then it fucking was. <laughs> Shit, it was. Yep. Talk about a self fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. 
I learned a lot this year. I grew a lot this year. And a lot of it was very uncomfortable and very hard and upsetting and killed my sleep and made things tough. But mm. I've come out of it, like, really liking myself at the end of this year. Like, more than I think I ever have. Ah, that's so awesome. I was like, oh, I'm actually all right. Like, really enjoying the community connections I've been making and, and uh, strengthening over the last little while. So that's been... Yeah. That's outstanding. Yeah, man. Like, I feel like I grew a lot as a human being this year, and that I'm willing to be a lot kinder to myself and and other people as a result. Like, I'm no longer thinking that people are, like, out to get me. They're just struggling on their own, and mm-hmm. maybe if I am honest about things and if I'm forthcoming, then that will make them feel safer, too. And that's good. So Sweet. Um, speaking of getting stuck in, like, fantasy world, can I tell you about my daydream that I had? You can tell me about anything. I had a super awesome dream uh, while I was away for Christmas about like owning a little country pub in somewhere like Gibson's or out in the valley or something like that where it's like you have your house but then there's like a cottage on the property and you turn the cottage into like a little pub Mm -hmm. and uh, it had like a library with a fireplace and like a little kitchen like a front room where we could have like sessions and music. That's not what Um, I thought you were going to (laughs) say. Like, se- like sessions, like a jam session. Yeah, no, I got it now. I thought you were going to say sex. Oh, no. (laughs) Like this is a good pub. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, the dream was, like, to run this to basically have it be, like, an extended living room that would be open to the public. Mm. Like, the fantasy is that you wouldn't have to worry about keeping it afloat, so you wouldn't worry about, like, selling too much or, you know, that kind of stuff, that it would just be like, oh, come on in, like, there's always beer on tap, and then, like, the food is whatever the fuck I felt like making, and people will just eat that if they want to. That's very European, I think. Right? Where it's just like, well, I made a stew today, so there's leftover stew in the fridge, so I can heat you up a bowl for, like, a couple bucks if you want. Get a and packet then, of Walker's crisps. Right, yeah, just always have chips in the back and, like, just, I want, like, a few regulars, like the old man that sits by the fireplace and, like, drinks a brandy. It's going to be Ed, obviously. <laughs> like, that's already... Like, that my was, regulars, you mean the other guy who lives there? Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. But then it's, like, it would also be, like, a sort of an inn. There would be a few rooms upstairs, too, so that if people got too drunk, they could sleep upstairs. Or... There's room at the inn. Yeah. I love it. That's a great idea. And, and just, I, uh... like, I'd really love to run a venue. I think that would be awesome. Would so be then, like, awesome. on Friday and Saturday nights, you could book music or you could book comedy. Yay. I was like, how would we do the podcast? If I lived elsewhere, it's like, well, we can invite four comics to come and do a show, and then we just interview them like two each day for the podcast and have a month's worth of podcast. That's really smart. <laughs> Honestly, it's very smart. And then I they like come and do plan. our variety show like that. Yeah, the theme song will be the same as Miss Fisher's music, Murder Mysteries. I don't know. It just it made me feel really happy to just be able to like make food and like feed people and welcome them in and always have music happening and just be like a good positive spot. Yeah. Kind of like when we were talking about the railway club where it's like you always know that something cool is happening there. So there's mm-hmm. either going to be like live music that's curated by my tastes, which are very good. If, I don't, <laughs> if you do say to, so. To me. <laughs> so if you like my tastes, then you'd like this. Or there will be people <laughs> playing just like jamming like trad fiddle tunes or whatever in the background it would just be like a fun time and a nice place to hang out oh yeah as much as i don't like being a regular somewhere i would love to cultivate a place that regulars congregate (laughs) i feel exactly the same way honestly although i have cultivated a regular relationship with uh, the banh mi restaurant across the street (laughs) from my gym and right by my house uh, I'm in love with them, and they're in love with me, and it's really great. Uh, there's a super nice, like, Vietnamese-Canadian couple who 
have opened this little restaurant and I go in like at least once a week and they're like, hi, Katie. <laughs> but awesome. I mean, I don't feel so bad about being a regular to a place that I can get in and out of very quickly and a sandwich cost me four seventy five. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. You make a good ass sandwich. <laughs> nice. Bought me bar. New Westminster. Oh no, you're giving away so many clues to your location. <laughs> I have a very secure building that I live in. I should be fine. Um... Anyway, well, I was going to say something before that. Oh, yeah. One of the best. You're just reminding me of one of the best meals I had when I was in when I was in Barcelona. Mm. <laughs> I hate myself. I'm so sorry. Which is to say, which is really saying something because almost everything I ate there was really good. And also I just come from Portugal where I didn't like anything that I had to eat pretty much. Except for those chips. Except for those delicious Rosito Camponesa chips. Um, and the cute, cute old man who opened my bottle of wine for me. I loved that about Portugal. But no, I, I went to this. My sister-in-law was living in, in Elborn and she took us to a, just like a little, it looked like someone's front room, right? Like it was, it was in, they had those super cool old buildings that are just, I don't even know what to call them, almost like tenements or something like yeah. that. And it's just like the front bottom, the front bottom, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> just like the, the bottom. <laughs> just like the pussy in the house. Just like the pussy in the house. <laughs> fuck. Well, it would just be like down an alley, you know, and it would be the front room. Of a building on the ground floor. There we go. Instead of saying bottom, I'm going to go with ground floor. And, you know, the, the windows would open out. There might even be a couple tables on the street or something mm-hmm. like that. And then there was just, you could have two, there were two meals you could have, basically. One was either vegetarian or fish, and the other one would be meat, probably mm-hmm. pork. And it would be like, you'd get like a little salad or a soup, and then the main course and bread. And, and like a glass of wine was three euro or something mm-hmm. like that. And it was just... It was like eight euro for the whole thing, pretty much. And it was delicious. It just tasted amazing. And they were just like, yeah, that's what we felt like making today. So we made it today. I love that. And it was just really like warm, friendly service. And you, like you're in, you're out. It's super nice. I just, I really liked it. And I like your idea a lot. And I'm going to come live there with you. Okay. <laughs> there will be rooms at the inn. Room at the inn. And then I was like all romantic about like, and then my house will be there. And then you can say something like, oh, well, you can stay at the big house because you're one of our friends. Oh, honey. Like, yeah. Like I kind of just want to. Like turn into Dolly Parton. <laughs> Luna Luna has decided that this year we just start calling everybody loves. Yes. Oh, hey, love. Hey, hey love. love. And yeah. so I, that's, I will develop that a gender, a gender neutral pronoun. <laughs> yeah. Just love. I like it. It's perfect. And uh, yeah, just call everybody that who comes into the my pub. loves. And, yeah, because 2016 was the year of calling everyone a gender-neutral boy. <laughs> my sweet boys. <laughs> my sweet, sweet boys. Sweet loves. It's my sweet loves. I like, I like that. It. So She's anyway. a tastemaker, that one. Yeah. I would just really... I just would like to do that. And it's not super far-fetched, maybe. No, it's, it's, like, it's pretty practical. But it would be a funny thing to be like, you know, I went to school, I got all these degrees, and I did all this blah, 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 and then I just wind up running, like, a little pub venue. But it's like, who cares? Those are all part of my growth story. Absolutely. Like, I got a master's degree, which made me realize... I wanted to have kids like that was the main that was the main outcome of that <laughs> which is kind of weird but that's true hey it's just it's what happens sometimes exactly i could still like moonlight for the ministry of health on the side <laughs> you make it sound so shady you drug running for them or something yeah basically basically just like moving naloxone like up and down the coast <laughs> It's just like Courier de Bois. Oh my goodness. I'll portage that harm reduction supplies up and down. La, da, 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 da. I don't know why am I singing an Italian song. <laughs> it's a gondola song. Are you mixing up gondolas and canoes again? Yes. <laughs> again. I don't know what small watercraft are. <laughs> What's a bar? It's a punt. What's a punt? 
Is that like a British gondola? Yeah. That you drive up and down the locks? Yes. Okay, I do know about these yeah. things. I went punting in Cambridge. Oh, <laughs> fucking did you? I did. It was great. We made a picnic basket. A and, quaint as shit. And put wine in and like bread and cheese and stuff in a little picnic basket in the punt and then like punted around. Can you say it any other way or does it have to be picnic? Of course it's a picnic basket. Okay, How do Yogi. you say it? It's two syllables. No, it's not. Okie dokie. Oh, man. Um, I'm excited for, like, the upcoming year, though. I yeah. about you. I've already got some gigs lined up, which is really... Sweet. I did, you know, in the spirit of making some decisions, mm-hmm. I was like, this year I would really like to focus back again on my songwriting because yeah. I've kind of been hoarding my songs like a bit of a musical dragon, <laughs> and I should bring my songs to the band that I'm playing with. And yeah. I was talking to our friend Adam, the keyboard player who I play with, and he was like, what? You have all these songs that you've just been sitting on? Fuck you. Bring them over. Fuck like, you, you weird bird. Yeah, like... Nah. Sitting on your song eggs and not sharing them with us? Yeah, so I was Break like, them open. Make a song omelet. Ooh, songlet. <laughs> songlet. <laughs> and uh, so I'm definitely going to do some more of that musical stuff. And then just Great. by token of making that decision, I've suddenly booked a whole bunch of gigs for January. Shit. So this guy contacted me and was like, Chris, I'm doing a songwriter circle. I'd really like you to play. I'm like, that's super random. Thank you Will so much. Do. He's like, it's three middle-aged white guys and we need a woman to break up the lineup. I'm like, cool. Anytime. I know a <laughs> Get lot that of, diversity vote. I know a lot of amazing women musicians. Hit me up if you want more because there yeah. should be more. And he's like, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. He's like, well, I'm going to make it a series. So I'm like, yeah, great. Good. More women. More women. And awesome people. Yeah. So that's, that's I'm excited great. about that. And just like, I'm finally getting a new bed, which is very exciting. Oh, God. Exciting. Finally. 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 And a big girl bed. Yeah. I need to sleep properly. Oh, did you get a podcast mattress? I did get a podcast mattress. Fantastic. It's Lisa.com. <laughs> Got an Amazon gift card and everything. Fuck yeah. Fuck. That's great. Um, yeah, I don't know. Those were those were my main exciting things for the next little I'm while. I'm sort of I'm sort of much like you hoarded your songs like a like a music dragon. I'm I've got some pearls that I want to drop, but I'm thinking about saving them for the party that I'm the, the your New Year's party that I am that I'm emceeing. So I, maybe I'll just like just dribs and drabs, like, yeah, kind you of can like start workshopping those in yeah, front of a crowd. Yeah, yeah I uh, I mean a crowd. <laughs> fuck, I thought we were done with Hamilton. No, and it comes never. Back. Every time I think I'm out, you pull me back in. Um, but I'm just really thinking, like, 2017 is, it's a year we really have to fight, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to have to be in fighting shape. So I think it's a year, uh, this is something I actually did see on Tumblr. It was like, do what Carrie would have you do, which is, like, get buff, take care of your mental health, like, take your medication, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, again, keep engaging with self-care because, like, the mm-hmm. real hard stuff that sucks because you need to be peak health yeah. to deal with the things that are going to be coming up sucks. Yeah. It's unfortunate. You could be trampled by that thought or you can just like use it to galvanize you and keep going. Mm-hmm. And also taking care of ourselves, taking care of each other, mm-hmm. supporting our community even more than just the people that we sleep with or live with, like reaching out and, and going out and helping people. Yeah. More. I want to take a lot of like erroneous things off of my plate so that I can reprioritize like going to more events and yeah. like being with people and Absolutely. like doing that kind of good support work because that's yeah. going to nourish my soul and I know so many too. people who just like what like their spaces get very messy and unpleasant when they're depressed or whatever and I can just come and like help them wash dishes for two hours yeah. and like talk to them and stuff like that. and I think that those are really important things um they're not things that you can burn yourself you should burn yourself out doing but like incorporating them into your life is good for you and definitely good for the community so I think that's really important so caring for yourself caring for others 
and basically just like celebrating the other people who are in your community, like mm-hmm. like checking your jealous feelings, checking your comp- competitive feelings if they're not constructive, mm-hmm. and um, like lift the people up that you care about, even if you don't love them. Like like do what you can to support people, and I think you'll find that you do love them. There's this, it's like a parable or something. I think it's Japanese. Um, I read it in a body shop book. <laughs> I, like I used to be obsessed with the body shop when I was a kid. This is before Nestle owned it. Um, <laughs> but I got this big book from Costco that was all about like how important bath oil is and stuff like that. <laughs> there was this story because I've always been super into massage. Even as a child, I was mm. I was something that I really pursued as a um, as a hobby and something that makes people like me very much when I give them a background. <laughs> I sure do like it. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, there was a story about massage, and it was this Japanese woman. They were all Japanese in the story, go figure, because it took place in Japan. Oh. And this woman went to a, uh, like, a witch or a medicine woman and said, please help me. I hate my mother-in-law so much. Like, she's so awful to me. I, nothing I do is good. Like, I really need her to die, basically. I really need to poison her. And the woman was like, okay, well, let me make up this poison for you. I'm going to compound this poison for you into a special massage oil. And you'll have to massage your mother-in-law once a week, every week, for a month. And then the poison will slowly absorb into her system from this, and it will go into her body, and then... And then she will die, but it will be like, you won't know, nobody will know that she was poisoned because it was so gradual. And the woman was like, okay, I'm going to do that. And then the third week, the woman comes back in tears, like, I'm so sorry, please give me an antidote. I can't poison my mother-in-law. I can't do this. Like, I've been growing to really love her as I massage her, and she's so much happier, and we're getting along so much better, so I don't want her to die. And then the witch doctor's like, silly woman, (laughs) there was no poison in the goo. Nice. There was no poison in the goo. You grew to love her because you tried to care, you started to care for her, and then she started to like you because you cared for her, and yeah, and massage, like, brings people together. So that was, that's like a... That's a thing that I always really stick out for me that was like, oh, you know what? And that's why I'm very nice to some people who are even really shitty to me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm, I don't, I'm not a vengeance-driven person. Um, I generally even want people who are mean to me to do well and have a good life. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, take a little page out of that. Like, just be kind and try to be nicer than other people are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you don't really lose anything by doing that. It's funny that you said massage. My mom actually, when her mom was dying and in hospice care, my mom would massage her. Yeah. Like, pretty much every day to, like, move her muscles around because mm-hmm. she was bedridden, right? So to, like... Totally. And they had a contentious relationship for a long time. My grandma wasn't super nice, but, like, they definitely got closer yeah. through that process. And totally. it was kind of like she was, yeah, caring for her in such a sweet way. Such an intimate way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, trusting other people with your body in a non-sexual way is uh, really intimate. I mean, doing sex is pretty intimate, too. <laughs> doing sex. <clears throat> you know I love to say doing sex, just to make it seem like I've never done it. <laughs> <laughs> Katie the Virgin, for sure. So, yeah, uh, those are the things that I'm kind of thinking. Like, those are the things I think pretty much every year, but this is a year, mm-hmm. like, it's that is... That is like, the that's first, first That's first aid. That is, like, what we need to do. We need to build ourselves up. We need to get strengthened mm-hmm. uh, as individuals and as a community, mm-hmm. um, as individuals, as part of a community, not necessarily in the neoliberal sense, right? Like we really, really need to explore our connections this year with other people. I'm super, super into that. I'm becoming much less of an at-home person. Like I, I, I'm, I'm putting myself out into the world more. I'm seeing more people. And I think that's really good for me as much as I do get tired and need to make sure that I'm taking time for me to relax. 
being out makes me happier. Being around people makes me happier. Meeting, like, I did the lady show, and it was mm-hmm. just an amazing experience. And I got to meet fucking Morgan Brayton, who is so funny and so lovely. And Erica Sigerson, again, so funny, so lovely. Get to see Katie Ellen Humphreys again. Yeah. So funny, so lovely. So it's like, oh my God, I got to hang out with these women. And then they paid me money. <laughs> they gave me dollars and a hat. That's so great. So that was so exciting. Like, not only to sometimes I get money or free food or free drinks, mm-hmm. like, I get to make connections with people who are really, really awesome. I know I say this almost every single episode, but that's the most important thing in my life is the ability to, I mean, if I was being crass, I'd call it networking, Mm -hmm. but it's not really, I mean, it is, but it's also just like, oh, I really like these people and I want to know them. Yeah. Secondary to that is I want to work with them. Yeah. So that's like an easy way to get to know people and hang out with them where it's not just like, come to my house. We watch movie. (laughs) (laughs) Igor, come back. You fix dryer. We watch, we watch Inglorious Bastards together. (laughs) Russians don't like Nazis either. Yeah, well. <laughs> Man, that makes me, that inspires me a little bit. It makes me want to get back into playing more music. Um, yeah, it sounds like you're gonna. Well, yeah, but like not just with my one band, but to like branch out again and be like, who are the bands that are playing in the city? Like I kind of am out of touch of like what venues are out there and who's playing. Mm-hmm. Like I should reach back into some of the like, some of the connections that I had before. Yeah. You know? The show. Makes me excited. Thank yeah. you for putting that in. Feeling pretty pumped up about about that. Like that's the thing I look forward to so much about doing New Year's is is it's like it's rock camp, mm-hmm. and I get to see some of the same people like having uh, Nathan and Bob in my band to play uh, guitar or bass and guitar respectively is so exciting because they've been my and you obviously, yeah. but I mean we're always together. Yeah. So, but to have them like be on like three or four different years of uh, and for them to be like wow you've developed as a singer in the time that we've been doing this and for them to like both have improved at their (laughs) instruments has been like really cool Mm -hmm. it's like oh we're all very connected we're all like part of this big weird extended family and it's beautiful and we get to all party together and look cool and think everybody else looks cool and like probably surreptitiously kiss lots of people (laughs) 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 my plan is to smooch a lot of different folks I'm going for a 50% coverage at this party I'm going to kiss 50% of the people there make out bandit strikes again (laughs) she's back and bigger than ever I'm going to bring her out of retirement Well, especially I've been lifting all these weights my hugging arms are extra good I think it would be very funny if you suddenly put on like a hamburglar mask. Mm, rubble, rubble. And just started like smooching people. <laughs> I could. I could do it, Chris. Because then you'd be a makeout bandit. And I would be, be the makeout bandit. It'd be super cute. And I would just leave like, instead of with my sword, instead of making a, a, a Z, it would just be the shape of lips. <laughs> but it would actually just be that I kissed them. Yeah, right? it would just so be a lipstick I, mark on their teeth. Because I wear so much lipstick. I know. Well, I'm a very glamorous woman, Chris. <laughs> In my Wild Stallions t-shirt. Oh my goodness. Does that take us to about the end, you think? It's 45 minutes, but... That's short, but we're very busy. Yeah. (laughs) We're putting this out, like, in the interest of consistency over novel content. Yeah. You know, like, we really want to keep releasing them every week. We don't want to skip one, but it is very hard to wrangle people at this time of year. Yeah. We're going to have a crazy... January, February, though. We're going to have some really, really bonkers guests. I'm super excited. And I'm very excited about them. I don't, we won't say who they are yet because they're it might fall still through. up in the air. <laughs> yeah, but. but I'm really, really excited to have some of these people on. So we've got, thank you to everybody who has been listening this year. Yeah. Really appreciate the support. Um, give us money. Just kidding. Don't. It's cool. Let us know if you're listening. Do let us know. Like, we've got stickers and we will like you better than if you don't listen. Yeah. And so. what is our email address again? Is it? It is seahegspodcast at gmail.com. Excellent. Yeah. Right into the Seahags mailbag or tweet at us at Seahags Pod. Yeah. And just like let us know because it would be kind of fun to, to gauge 
you know, besides the few people that have told us that they listen to this. Yeah. Like if anybody else We does. have absolutely no concept of how many people listen. Yeah. We figure it's somewhere between six and 50. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just going to get bigger and bigger. Yeah. Um, pluggy shit, like do rate us on iTunes and stuff if you like Please it. Do. And Please tell do. people about it. Um, I desperately require your feedback. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I'm just really excited. We've planted a lot of really interesting seeds and let's see how they grow in 2017. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, love you all very much. Bye. Bye. Bye.